Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Schaap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. By MinnowsPlus.com. From baits to waiters, if it helps you catch a fish, they have it. And now, from the Short Grass, here is your host, Trey Schaap. Thanks for joining us for another edition of From the Short Grass. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. There's a lot to be thankful for, and I hope you got to spend it with your loved ones. Coming up in this episode, I traveled to Fayetteville, Arkansas, back in the summer to sit down with head women's basketball coach Mike Neighbors. He has an interesting story that you'll hear right off the top of this interview about how he made a birdie on a par five with one club in his bag. I want to thank one of our great sponsors, Minnows Plus. Find them on the web at minnowsplus.com. They have airflow meters, air pumps, nets, scales, thermometers, all right there on their website. The bait tank supplies that you need, you can find them at minnowsplus.com. We're back with Mike Neighbors after this. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor a show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Minnows Plus is your local source for live bait and live well supplies. They carry the entire line of SureLife products, everything from better bait and finer shiner to no ammonia products to keep your bait and your catch thriving till you get back to the dock. They are the best source for all your private land ponds. Minnows Plus has fish food and pond fertilizer to keep your pond healthy and thriving all year long. If you own or run a bait and tackle shop and need to resupply, contact Minnows Plus and ask about their wholesale prices. Open to the public and walk-ins are welcome. Find them on the web at minnowsplus.com. Welcome back to From the Short Grass. On the tee, women's basketball head coach at the University of Arkansas, Mike Neighbors. Coach Neighbors, thanks for joining us on uh, From the Short Grass. I love it. I'm not there very often, though. <laughs> well, you are today. I'm more of a punch out from the rough guy. Yeah, real quick. Okay. I mean, before we even got started, you were telling me this story about you playing Law Springs Golf and Athletic Club up in Rogers, and you made a birdie. On number 14, which is a par 5, dogleg left, two bunkers down in the fairway that you have to navigate, and you used a driver on every shot, and you had a whiff. <laughs> it just keeps getting better. Absolute fact, i got three of my best buddies of all time can corroborate the story. Not a golf story that everybody makes up or embellishes. Uh, you pretty much nailed it. I hit a decent drive off the tee, and like you taught, you got to kind of navigate a couple of bunkers and little trees on both sides there. And he got out of bounds on the left. I hit a good drive, but it just trickled into the rough, past the bunker, uh, on the right over there. And so, and, and I've, I don't, I'm not going to hit it very far, so I'm used to having to hit driver off the deck. I got a, it's a pretty good shot. My, team, my, my buddies will tell you that one of my better shots is my elite game is punch out. You know, my punch out game is elite. So, <laughs> I'm going to take driver off the deck, 
and I take a big cut. I still got like 225 to the front edge of that. I got to hit it pretty good. I'm in the rough, so I take a big old hack at it. We're playing a four ball. My buddy hit a pretty good one, so I got a little bit of confidence. And when I take it back, I get through it, and I completely whiff. I mean, just go completely under the ball. And everybody kind of looked at me, and they gave me a chance. You know, you always give your you sure. Always, you always give your buddies a chance right. to say practice swing. But I couldn't because I don't take practice swings. I play really fast. I never take a practice swing, so I couldn't lie. I love that. You play fast. I do. I play incredibly fast. Everybody will tell you. Anybody that ever plays with me says, one thing about that guy is he plays fast. So I whiff, and I look around, and everybody's kind of laughing at me. And I'm like, well, you know, my buddy's got one up there, so now I don't have any other choice but to try to do it again. Well, the whiff actually settled the ball down a little bit, a little bit lower, and I hit it. I hit it. I mean, I hit it as good as you could hit it. And it bounces up on the front. Well, by this time, nobody's watching because they think I'm out of the hole. And I hit it good. So I don't say a word. And we pull up to the green, and that sucker's about two inches from the hole. I mean, it, it had to have taken a peek at it even for birdie. I mean, for eagle. For eagle. For eagle. And we get up there. So I, 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 I know I'm close. So I grab my putter. And I'm walking out, and I go, no, 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 no. I want this story to be even better. So I put the, the putter back in the bag, and I drive, grab driver. And, of course, they're telling me that's a kick. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm putting this out. Walk up, tap it in, four drivers with a whiff, birdie story for that I'll tell till they put me in a box someday. Just think if you would have hit it on the first time from the rough. No, it would have been an eagle. Maybe a double eagle if it rolls one I, more revolution, I, or at least at worst, an eagle. I know, but it doesn't. The story's not as good. <laughs> the story's better with the whiff. Yeah, and, and everything. There's a lot of people birdie that. A lot of people eagle that hole. Yeah, but have you ever done it with a whiff? No. I, you know, I may be in pretty elite company when it comes to I that. think you are. Because most people don't whiff, period. So You're in elite company by yourself anyway. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to worry There's about gotta that. It's got to be something going. like that. got to be something like that. Uh, boy, this season, it was ups and downs, sure. highs and lows. Yeah. And my gosh. I mean, COVID, right year. A, COVID year. But right across the street here, Bud Walton Arena, where you had two good games. And yeah. my wife told me, don't mention the fact that my Baylor Bears, that he beat them. But, <laughs> Coach Neighbors, I'm sorry, I have to. Congratulations. Okay. You Thanks. beat Baylor, the number four team in the country at the time. and Yeah, there's a little picture of it up yeah. there on the wall. And then COVID year, you get UConn in here. Yeah, how about that? That that was a crazy thing to do. But as you're talking about, you know, Bud Walton there, for a Razorback guy like me to walk in and have that your view every day, it's pretty cool to see all that. And then just to be able to have, um, you know, a good home crowd. Even We, we sold both those games out. Uh, the max capacity that you could put in there uh, during a COVID year. And, and, you know, of course, this year is always going to be that what if. I think we probably could have broken some attendance records. I've, I've been teasing Coach Blair about that. I think we could have on those games. But uh, two great games for us. You know, the, the Baylor one came up because it's part of the the SEC Big 12 Challenge. And there's a story There's a story behind most everything we do, obviously. But we was in, we were in a room at the SEC meeting and we were supposed to not even play in the SEC turn, uh, challenge. It was our turn to be out. Well, Baylor didn't have an opponent, and nobody was really jumping up and volunteering to take them. And, and so I don't know what I was thinking, but I said, "We'll take, we'll play them." I mean, we're not. But if nobody else wants to play them, we'll we'll play them. You were probably thinking about Stinky's Fish Camp or something down I don't there. Know what you I know? was thinking about Seegers. I knew, but but I knew it was going to be a home. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. You're talking about Indestin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, I probably was thinking about getting to dinner at, at Seegers. Um, <laughs> But instead, we said, yeah, we'll play them. Because I didn't even had a good team. I wanted to get a good home crowd. I knew we were having a hard time getting home games. So, you know, there we are. We ended up with Baylor, and it worked out great. and was just a tremendous atmosphere, good matchup for us. Um, and we, we couldn't probably have played much better. And then the whole, like you said, the COVID year when 
we were on the plane going to South Carolina. We get the tech when we land. Everybody turns their phones on. You know how that is, and you get caught up from the hour and a half that you've been out of service. Right. And we're all looking around, going, "Hey, you see this Vanderbilt checked it in, you know?" And we're supposed to play them the next Thursday. Okay. So uh, we're sitting there going, "Well, okay, well now we've got an open date. What do we do?" You know, and we'd been talking all year long about, "Hey, you know this is coming. You know it's just a matter of time before either us or one of our opponents has is gets it with." a false positive or a positive or whatever. And sure enough, you know, that works. So we'd, we'd had this little group of coaches, uh, just a text message group. Hey, we, we got canceled. Do y'all want to play? Hey, we got a game. You got about 12 or 13. And, and Coach was one of those. And we knew UConn was looking for a game. Um, and I knew we had to operate. We had to get, get it quick because it was coming up quick to fill that game. And our players had always said, just get the best team we can find. Well, I didn't know how serious they were about that. So, on the, the way, the bus ride from the airport to – we were going to play South Carolina, who's like number three in the country at the time. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, y'all all see on your social media, Vanderbilt season's over. Do y'all still really want to fill it with the best team we can find? And they are like, absolutely. I said, y'all don't care who or where, as long as it fits into our schedule and, and makes sense and won't, won't, won't hurt our chances of elite, winning a league game. I said, yeah, coach, we trust you. You know, just find whoever you can play. So, Coach Schaefer and I looked at each other. We had the guy's phone number from UConn, and we sent an email. And before we even got to the arena, the game was set. Wow. It was, I mean, it took 20 minutes. Hey, y'all, you really want to play? Yeah. Well, you've got Kristen Williams. She's from Little Rock. Y'all were coming to Little Rock anyway. They were going to play Coach Foley. They were going to play in Little Rock. But that, that got canceled because of COVID. So, I right. knew they had some desire to bring Kristen home. And I thought, well, let's see if they'll play us here. And sure enough, they said, yeah, we'll come down. And got it done, and then, you know, the next – well, I guess it was ten days in between us setting it and actually playing. The next nine days was a whole lot of, what were we thinking? <laughs> we just, <laughs> just scheduled UConn. You know, Hunter's not lying. When I called Hunter, I said, hey, just to let you know, we got we got a game to fill that in. He goes, oh, cool, did you get it? I said, UConn? He said, huh? <laughs> he said, the Huskies? I said, yeah. Yeah, he those said, Huskies. He said, serious? Uh, I said, yeah. I said, it's going to work out. We're going to be great. It's going to be an awesome crowd, and we're going to play great. And he said, okay. And we did. It just did, and it, you know, it, it, the story helps embellish it, I know, but the game couldn't, I mean, we probably couldn't have played much better. How cool is it to have an AD like that, that is just like, bring it. Really? Okay, cool. Now bring it. That's him, man. I'm telling you, you don't have to spend very long with him to know that he is a fierce competitor. And I, and I think it's why we've had the year that we've had as a sports program. During COVID, pretty dad come good. His his leadership has been uh, between him and Greg Sankey and everybody at the SEC. Man, we were we were on top of. We had the best information. We had timely information. We were able to 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 impart that to our kids, our families, and and we stayed. We didn't miss a game. We didn't miss one game. We played more games than anybody in the country, and that was a goal we had. So, but like to your point, to have an AD who says beat the best to be the best. And, and get them here if you can, and we're going to support you. And they do. It, it is why uh, we had the year that we had in every sport because of the leadership. We've had a lot of great pieces. There's no question about it. You can have that conversation. There's been a lot of – but this person knows how to take those pieces and make it into a puzzle better than anybody I've been around. Let's talk a little golf. When did sure. you first pick up the game? Take me back, if you will. The summer between my ninth and 10th grade year. Greenwood, I, Arkansas? Greenwood, America. <laughs> Greenwood, America. I, I grew up without a father. I was raised by my mother and grandmother and aunts. and But I had a lot of great, uh, really good uncles, really, really good uncles 
who kind of was an amalgam of my father figure for me. Uh, I had a, I got a stepdad in sixth grade, and so he was he was an uncle too before, which is another complete podcast. We could go for an hour about my uncle becoming my stepdad. Oh boy! Okay, so there's an Arkansas joke wait Arkansas yeah. joke waiting to happen. But that, there that, is that, that's a totally different podcast. That's a different podcast, <laughs> but it's a true statement. But so so I had this amalgam of all these uncles. So I tell you that to tell you because there were two uncles that were one thought he could get me better at tennis, and the other thought he could get me better at golf in a summer. It was, I was at that weird age where I wasn't old enough to drive. My mom worked. I was a latchkey kid. She worked from 6 in the morning until 6 at night. So I grew up in somebody else's backyards. And they basically, these two uncles said, well, and I didn't really know this was going on until a later in life, but they weren't going to let me play basketball. You can't play basketball and baseball your whole life. And they were right. They said these are two lifelong sports that you need to pick up, and we think you could get pretty good at them. It was actually between 8th and ninth grade. I take that back. It was between 8th and ninth grade because I could have driven the other way. Between 8th and ninth grade. So the uncle that wanted me to play tennis, that he would come get me. And, and I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that, hey, these uncles are wanting me to take and learn these new sports. They're cool. And I got pretty good at tennis. But the uncle that wanted me to get, play golf brought me out to Vashgrass Country Club in Greenwood, Arkansas. And if anybody that's ever played that place, it, it's gotten to be real good. The, the people that take care of it now down there, Rick Thrift and those guys down there, they do a really good job. The course is in good shape. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so true back in, you know, the mid-'80s. Uh, right, right. Tremendous difference between the front nine and the back nine because of the amount of grass that was able to grow. If anybody follows the club pro guy, our course looked a lot like three Jack. <laughs> the, the pictures of <laughs> yeah, three, three Jack National. Three Jack National. They're, they're, they looked a lot like that. You uh, didn't have a supermarket parking lot in the in not, the in not the way, quite, though. But man, there's some other good <laughs> stories. We could do a podcast on the Vash. So we went out there, and that was that summer was the first time I teed a ball up. Was on a course. I didn't go, never went to a driving range, never went in the backyard. Okay. The first time was literally on a course. And here's the rules of the game: and don't cheat. Whatever you do, don't cheat. Shoot your score. Don't cheat. Don't lie. Play by the rules. Now we did have to play it up. There's no, no there's no play. Couldn't the ball. play it down there. There's no chance of playing the ball down. So I've okay. still got a bad habit of rolling it a little bit and. I can get away from that when we get on a good course that's worthy of playing it down. But So I, I played nine holes the summer between my eighth and ninth grade year, uh, probably five or six times a week. And what we would do, they'd take me out, drop me off, play nine. We'd swim for a little while. He'd come back out, and we'd play maybe nine more, and Mom would come pick me up. That's when the bug started. You know, just the I was a baseball player trying to learn to hit a golf ball, and you know those two things don't go so very well together. Or at least they don't think. The (coughs) the baseball coaches don't want you to be playing golf. Well, I can tell you, I'm just going to use it as an excuse that I was a baseball player before because I I, I still hit a little slice, power fade. But anyway, anyway, long story short, that was the first summer. I still play golf. I don't still play tennis. So my Uncle Donnie probably won in the long run. I got better at tennis. I actually ended up being the number one seed on our tennis team. So my uncle claimed victory right. at the time, yeah. but I don't play tennis anymore. So I guess my Uncle Donnie, who's passed now, probably would have been the winner of, of that deal. So Vashgrass Country Club, playing just with buddies, uh, learning the rules of the game, you know, trying, trying to, to, to figure it out. I spoke to someone today who works for the Arkansas State Golf Association yeah. who told me that he sold you your membership to Paradise Valley okay. when you were here yep. with Coach Blair. Yeah, is that who you're talking to, Al? Tyler. Oh, talking to Tyler. Yeah, that's true. I came in. Uh, I was making $600 a, a, a month uh, working for Coach Blair, but I wanted to go out there and be able to play golf with the right people. So about two-thirds of that went to being a membership uh, at, uh, at Paradise Valley. That was my first place really playing up here at a club. 
Yeah. Play, I played Razorback a whole lot in college. Yeah. We played Razorback out there. I wouldn't call what we played out there golf, but we had a blast doing it. But, yeah, Tyler probably was the guy that took my check for my first uh, membership up what there. What do you remember about Paradise Valley? I still think it's the hardest par 71 I've ever played. I mean, it's just you got to have every single shot in the book. And you hit every club, you know. And there's some holes that you can get at. That's where I made my my double eagle and my first hole in one. Really, on yep. the same course? On the same course, I made I, I made a hole in one in Coach Blair's golf tournament. Ironically, uh, on number two at Paradise. Okay, and it's, it's Nolan Richardson used to live right he off. Used to of live right two. there. Oh yeah, he it was, told me that he was so good at that hole. He but then it. when he got to it in a scramble or something, <laughs> it part. He, and he time, couldn't make birdie on <laughs> he it. Couldn't make birdie. We uh, we got up to the tee on that day that I hit, the, and, and we couldn't see the. It was kind of tucked back there on the back right. You know, it's got that little mm-hmm. berm there where depending on where the tees are at. You know, I, I hit it. It was early high. You know, morning sun was right there. Nobody really got a good look at it. I hit the ball really high already, but we didn't get a good look at it. We went up and we were trying to find my ball, and we we couldn't find it. And we looked over, and uh, there was a lady working in her flower garden, and kind of kind of looking out her eyes at me. I kind of she goes, look in the hole. Uh, and went that wasn't the, Rose, was it? No, no, no. Rose and them, Rose and Coach okay. live back further down. They live closer to the, the, to tea, the tea box. box. Yeah. Gotcha. This was somebody living in one of those uh, – I think it was their duplexes Duplex, up there yeah. closer to the – I know that because I've hit pulled the ball out of bounds <laughs> over there a few times off that tree. You get might a, have hit her house before. Get a, oh, it's happened. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> happened. But that was the hole-in-one. That was in Coach Blair's golf tournament. And then about two weeks later, on number four, coming back up the hill there. Right, the par uh, five. Par five hit a big drive uh, that got snuck past the water on the right. I think it's the cart path, but I'm not going to tell everybody that. But I only had like 165 in. And jarred a seven iron for a double eagle. Man. I know that's so. Uh, I've had two hole in ones now and a, and a double eagle and a bunch of double bogeys on that hole. <laughs> but still, still got that's the story. Awesome. Yeah, you, yeah, you've got the story. That's yeah. great. Who's better at golf, you or Blair? Blair. I've beaten him twice, I think, in my life. But he gets in my head. He's that guy for me. He's. I'm never gonna. He's just that. He. You know. What does he say? He takes every dime. If I owe him a dollar ten, he wants the ten. The guy makes a million dollars a year, but he wants the dime. It ain't about the money; it's about what it means and what it signifies. So he's no, he's a he got in my head. I got him. I had him one time in a coach's shootout. He had as part of his golf tournament. We had this knockout shootout where we all start on number one and we eliminate somebody every hole. And I just brother in lawed around. And I was playing good that day, and I didn't bogey the wrong holes. And it ends up being Blair. Me and Blair. And it's on a par three down there on their old course. And we, I'd never played the course, and I don't know what to hit. And he told me that he misclubbed me. He, he literally misclubbed me. And on I fly, purpose. There's no he question. He gave you the wrong club. Zero question in my mind. He completely gave me the wrong club. Is this at Texas A&M? Yeah. It's, so, it's, traditions. No, it's before. This is right oh, when they – Oh, okay, before, right before it opened. This was before he got his national championship and got his traditions. Man, we were playing at Pebble Creek. Okay. It's a good course, really good yeah. course. But there's a par three back there. And he misclubbed me, and I hit it long. And I'm up against, kind of up against this fence, and I'm, you know, like I'm looking at him. He's over there faking like he's on the phone, not going to give me a, a good ruling because he's got a two putt par, and I can't get up and down. He wins the shootout. By the way, I think he won like forty bucks, <laughs> you know. But I've beaten him once or twice in some matches, never straight up. I need a couple of pops against him, right? And now he's moved up to the front tees. He's finally hitting off the front. And he tees. still won't give you strokes. No, no. Don't no. He's not giving anybody any strokes. It's not golf. Have you played traditions down there with lots, him? many times, probably a couple hundred. I play there a lot. I love the fact that everybody down there knows where his house is and knows that on the back Number. porch 
Just go, just go pull up. It's go, gonna, go, 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 get you a drink out of the fridge. You know what's going to be there, and it's whether it's a tournament or not tournament. We we stayed down there, uh, JC. And I were down there at his house, and it kind of freaked her out because she was staying there. Was she was like, people just kept coming up, you know? She's like, I couldn't be walking around. You look out there, just be random people sitting out on his. But you know, the, anybody that knows Coach Blair knows that he's never going to lock a door, and everybody's welcome. And he does his best to keep it stocked with enough uh, items for everybody's choices. But yeah, you're if you hit a good tee ball, you're going to be you're going to be in, you're going to probably lay up. I mean, you have to really smash it to get over the water there on or that ravine on number. Five, yeah, mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. number five. So, good golf course, incredibly hard, bring a lot of balls. It's fun in a scramble. Uh, I wouldn't want to play it every day, though. Boy, it could beat you up. You've traveled around in your time as a head coach. What about the courses out in Washington, around Seattle? Great Obviously, courses. Chambers Bay. Played it the day after the, – the day they allowed it back on the course. After the U.S. Open. After the U.S. Open. Knew a buddy. They were only letting limited people get on, so the stands were still up. The bleachers they were they were in the process of taking them down. I was from me to Arden when uh, Dustin three jacked on eighteen. No way. Yes, I was. Your daughter's across the about twenty yeah. feet from here. So we watched them tee off, and then we we skipped the second shot. I went every day. I went every practice round day. I went. I was there from sun up. You to have sundown. to. I loved it. I yeah. was single. I didn't have anything better to do. I was at. I was there. I followed every practice round. I saw everybody come through. I'm on. I'm on. On Saturday, I'm on every shot from 17 because I'm sitting in the right spot. I knew where to set. Everybody, I got thousands. Is that you? I said that's me. <laughs> I'll tell you a Bryson DeChambeau story in a second. Oh boy. So anyway, I'm from here to there when when he three jacked at uh, to lose it, and everybody's going, "Man, he's going to be devastated. That guy's never going to forget this." I said, "Wait a second. I, I looked to my left, and Paulina Gretzky was about four people down from me. I said, I think he's going to be all right. <laughs> and he walked off, walked right to her, gave her a big kiss. They walked off. I said, he go, does, DJ's going to be fine. Anyway, yes, Chambers Base, phenomenal. Sahali is amazing. And it's right down the corner there. The Washington Athletic Club, it, it's it's one of the hardest courses to get on. Go Mountain's unbelievable. And then, of course, just down the road, you got Bandon and all those places out there. Oh, I, I, I think I went, went over and played uh, at, uh, uh, in, in Boise. Uh, played at uh, what's that course called? Where you Did got- you ever play the one up uh, close to Spokane into Idaho, Coeur d'Alene? Yeah, Coeur d'Alene. That's what I was talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah, with yeah. the Island Green. Yes. Yeah, I was getting that. I couldn't come up with Coeur d'Alene. Played Coeur- that was the place where I was really embarrassed because I didn't realize the driving range you hit balls into the water. Like I was turned around, I was getting ready to hit. I was like, "What? I'm supposed to hit back toward the parking lot." I'm like, "This is the narrowest part, hit, you know, driving range I've ever like, no, seen." Let him go in the water. The guy goes, "No, hit him out there." And I was like, "Oh, yeah." So yeah, I played, I played Coeur d'Alene. Uh, I, I think I played all the the you know the the tough to get on courses. My golf game has evolved to where I either want to play a great course or with great people. I don't I don't want to play with people I don't know, and I'm not if if it's a bad course I don't care as long as I'm with great people. But you just got to have two of those elements. But you know the courses in Seattle uh, because of the mist every morning that you have year round, you can play 340 days a year up there. That's what. Everybody always says, didn't you hate Seattle, the weather? I said, the weather was the best part. It rained a little bit every day, but then it would – it's like Florida. It's a, it's a coastal town. You're going to get a little rain. But, man, when it, when it cleared off, it was going to be between 70 and 75 and just gorgeous and just views. 
This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor a show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Minnows Plus is your local source for live bait and live well supplies. They carry the entire line of SureLife products, everything from better bait and finer shiner to no ammonia products to keep your bait and your catch thriving till you get back to the dock. They are the best source for all your private land ponds. Minnows Plus has fish food and pond fertilizer to keep your pond healthy and thriving all year long. If you own or run a bait and tackle shop and need to resupply, contact Minnows Plus and ask about their wholesale prices. Open to the public and walk-ins are welcome. Find them on the web at MinnowsPlus.com. Welcome back to From the Short Grasp. Now on the tee with our weekly rules segment, it's PGA Master Professional, Adam Carney. Adam playing a hole, and the ball comes to rest on a wooden bridge over a creek. I I guess it could be a metal bridge, a concrete bridge, whatever, um, over a creek. The creek is going to be a penalty area, but Mm -hmm. that bridge goes over it. Can the ball be played from the bridge? Absolutely. There's nothing in the rules of golf that state that a player cannot play his ball off of an immovable obstruction, which the bridge is. Um, And I think we did um, uh, a segment earlier in the year about, you know, uh, playing a ball off an immovable obstruction and and relief and that kind of thing. And and you you can play a ball off an immovable obstruction if you so choose. A cart path, great example. Um, some players will play a ball off of a cart path because, hey, I have a clear line. If my nearest point of relief is going to put me in these trees and I've got no shot, mm-hmm. I'm going to play it off the cart path. Perfectly, perfectly fine. Um, the the penalty area, assuming the creek is a penalty area, um, yes, you can play the ball off of that. And not only can you play the ball off that, you can sole your club because that bridge is not a part of that penalty area it's, even if it's over it it's over it but the margins of the penalty area do not extend upward only downward okay so what if the penalty area let's say there's paint and it goes on either side of that bridge correct it's still considered not well i mean if your ball was laying in the creek and the bridge interfered with it you could not get relief um you still can't get relief because it's laying with within the margin of the hazard but you can ground your club um because that's allowed now as well in in a penalty area yeah except a bunker right um so but you could before as well you could you could ground your club on a bridge that was crossing over a penalty area um to to play your stroke so it's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the root of the question is, you know, can I play my ball off of an immovable obstruction, whether it's a bridge, whether it's a cart path, whether it's, you know. Hospitality tent. Whatever, if that, yeah, that would That's probably a be a TIO. But, um, you know, yes, you can. There's no rule that says you must take relief from an immovable obstruction. You can play from it. Um you know, the player wouldn't be entitled to relief under the circumstances, so he can play it off the bridge. 
Um, and he, at that time, can ground the club and, and play the ball from there. Have you ever seen any of that in competition? Tons. Tons. Lots of times. Uh, I'm trying to think of one immediately, but uh, uh, I, I, yeah, definitely. See, yeah, I've seen it uh, a couple times on some local golf courses where a ball didn't go into a creek, but instead rolled onto uh, a cart path or a wooden bridge over over the creek, and you know they were able to sold their club and and hit the shot. I've seen it plenty of times. I'd rather hit off of a wooden bridge than a concrete bridge. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, the club I, the club's going to make it through a wooden bridge, probably, as opposed to a concrete cart path or bridge. A lot probably better. Yeah, I mean, I I would say uh, if you were playing Augusta and your you know ball comes to rest on number twelve over was that Hogan's Bridge? That'd that, be difficult to do though. Is yeah. as as much of an incline as it has? Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say the folks at Augusta might frown on that a little bit, but. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> it would be within the rules <laughs> to play it. But if you hit, if you had a ball land on that bridge, you've mm-hmm. hit a bad tee shot. You've done something terribly wrong. <laughs> no question. Either you about went that. long on eleven, or you really yep. pulled one on twelve. If you're a right-handed golfer, that's right. That's right. He's Adam Carney. I am Trey Shap. If you've got a question on the rules of golf, email us at fromtheshortgrass at gmail and we will get it answered. That will do it for this edition of From the Short Grass. I leave you with this golf quote from Sergio Garcia. If you worry about making bogeys, it makes the game that much more difficult. You put more pressure on yourself without even noticing it. It makes a difference to take it easy when things aren't going right. I hope you have a great next round on the course, and when you find your ball mark on the green, fix it and a couple of more, and I hope to see you from the short grass. You've been listening to From the Short Grass a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. From the Short Grass is brought to you by MinnowsPlus.com and Blackman Auctions. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.